0: All right. Happy Monday for those of you who, jo- who are joining us live. Dachi Miller here with this week's episode of Kuden. Kuden Radio. Um, or is it last week's? Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> we had a little bit of a glitch last week. So uh I know, like seven days have gone by and we're still on episode 186. That really sucks because we're like in a competition with ourselves. Anyway, all right, so... uh in this episode, uh, again, we tried to do this last week, but there was a glitch in the system. So anyway, uh, what we're going to be taking a look at is something I've been thinking about for quite a while. As a matter of fact, there's part of this in the uh, advanced instructor or the accelerated instructor training program uh, that I have for students uh, within the school. uh, Something we're going to be releasing again uh, live online uh, after the new year for folks that are uh, interested in that kind of thing. But we're looking at this idea of, uh, mentors, right? Specifically finding mentors, right? So this isn't about like being one at this moment, although, you know, folks might pull something out of that. But when we think about this idea of a mentor, right? And I, I did a lot of research trying to find specific instances based on what I've experienced, right? And what I've come to believe like makes for a good mentor, right, if I'm trying to grow, right, this is always about me, right, I mean, hopefully you can pull something from it, but I can only speak from my experience, so, but what's the difference, right, between, uh, like, an instructor or a teacher or even a coach and a mentor, right, because, again, I keep finding references that, I don't know, it says they're pretty much the same, but that's not my experience, anyway, we'll talk about that and more when we get started. So, the big question is this, how are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio. Real training for real people in a real world. Okay, so quick admin note before we get completely started because uh, apparently we didn't have a backup, or we did have a backup last week, and when everything went to hell in a handbasket, uh, I didn't think about it, right? So we're live on multiple platforms because of the service that we use, Okay, right? So if you're listening in on the audio stuff, you have the recording uh, as we have it, right? But, uh, for those of you who are on live and there's this video aspect and whatnot, right? Um, once we plug this thing in, it programs the different, uh, platforms, the different social platforms, uh, to set up a live, uh, a live event. And while we can't multi-broadcast, at least I don't think we can, uh, on the different, uh, platforms at the same time, uh, it's like a one at a time kind of thing, right? This, this service that, that we have allows us to simulcast things, right? So we're on Facebook, we're on, as a matter of fact, a couple of pages on Facebook. Uh, we're on uh, YouTube, we're on X, which used to be called Twitter. Um, and I think for this episode, uh, every once in a while we're on LinkedIn. So, uh, but uh, should something occur, right? So should we glitch or whatever, right? Uh, the email that, that goes out to everybody to let them know about this thing, uh just we're we're just gonna default to the YouTube channel just because that's where it tends to get recorded live anyway. So uh James is in the background at the moment. But James, if anything happens, uh we're just gonna jump over to that. That should still be running live and um we'll just we'll just do it from over there regardless of what happens with this service. Um because I'm not scrolling around with it anymore. Anyway, all right, so Ninja Backup Plan number forty two. And we're off to the races, right? So anyway, alright, so we started this last week. Uh, I don't remember where I left off. I'm, I'm, I'm way too busy. Uh, so didn't go checking in. Uh, for those of you who have been keeping up with things, uh, we will be after our Thanksgiving holiday, which is this week, right? After, so beginning next week, we'll be, uh, rolling out new lessons, uh, in this new program that we're doing, uh, just like we did with our module one in our full, um, uh, warrior concepts, uh, Black Belt Mastery Program. We changed the, we updated the format, brand new lessons, all that kind of stuff, right? So everything's laid out differently. So that's in the box, or that's in the box in the can, what the hell they say in show business. Who cares, right? So anyway, that's put away and, uh, we're putting the finishing touches on so that that will be an evergreen program like it was before. Um, it'll just be missing most of the coaching aspects other than uh, what do we have, James, uh, email coaching. And there was a Monday live uh, Q&A aspect. Well, I guess there's more coaching to it, right? Because uh, we're still letting people who sign up to that come in for a uh, Tuesday coaching call with the Inner Circle guys too, right? So anyway, so that's there. But starting next Monday, right? So that'll be Monday, November 27th of 2023. So if you're listening to this way into the future, eh, you're late. So... <laughs> um, we're going to begin uh, the whole process of doing the same thing to our module two, which uh, has been for a long time. We just didn't use this term, but I've resurrected it. So uh, our module two in the full program is called the Realm of the Tactical Warrior. And so uh, if you've seen the recording for uh, the free workshop, the free online workshop that I did, was it last Wednesday, James? Was it Wednesday? I think so. Um so if you've seen that, great, then you know what we're doing. I mean, I put out a whole bunch of extra information that way. Um, but some of these, uh, you know, some of these things that I do are just too long for some folks, right? They, they want it in bite-sized things. Well, you know, I do YouTube shorts to gain traction on things like that, but I'm not doing lessons that short, right? If you want lessons that short, go find somebody else that does lessons that short. But I can guarantee if, you're doing, if they're doing lessons that short, they're either, one, placating you, or two, they can't do lessons bigger than that, right? Because they're just covering step by step here, make it like this, and going on. Or three, they're ripping you off, right? So um, pick your pick your poison, right? So and, and this directly ties into to mentorship as well, but uh, we'll get there at the end. So um, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, the um, uh, that because I know that that was quite extensive, right? Even that, that free online workshop that I did, um, even the get, providing people with the recordings, um, uh, if the average self, uh, uh, personal development, uh, aspirant, right. Person is looking to, to, uh, bone up on things. When they buy personal development books, if the average read duration in a book, Right. And I haven't looked up the video length or whatever, but based on what uh online statistics tell us are the is the perfect sweet spot for video length, which is like, don't push it past five to eight minutes. And I always do. Right. Um, The rare exception um, because of people's attention span. Well, then they're not trying to learn. But when it comes to books, um the average number of pages read in the self-help book is 19. Right. Which means. People are okay with self-help and personal development as long as it doesn't take too fucking long and as long as it doesn't it's not too much work right but oh well right and then they can't figure out why things don't change so what do they do well they go buy another book or they go watch another video or whatever right so um anyway so what but what i'm doing to help out right because that thing was really really long uh, is I'm divide I'm cutting it up into four different sections right four different pieces and uh, by tomorrow I'll have a I'll have a web uh, page up that people will be able to access them in parts right they'll also go out, go out by email so if you're on the email list that's great uh, you know you can you'll get them that way as well check on the social media uh, if you're uh, tied into some of our pages uh, again they'll, they'll all be up on uh, Facebook or not Facebook uh, YouTube but I'll be releasing them uh, I don't know, every couple hours or whatever on uh, on Facebook, so people can kind of get caught up that way as well. Um, so there is one that's like 23 minutes. You know, if it's too long, don't watch it. You'll miss a good chunk of things. But um, the one I just finished up is a little over seven minutes. There's another one that will be almost 20 minutes, I think. And then there's another one that's a bit longer than that. But I'm trying to break things up based on theme. So it'll help folks get through things. They're smaller chunks. So if you're, you're, uh, you know, you've got smaller chunks of time throughout the day, then that should help out. Okay. I know not everybody wants to sit um, through. I mean, how many people actually want to sit through an hour and a half, to two hour podcast, right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> our loyal ones every week, because I don't know, they're crazy like us. Um, so anyway, uh but last week we had a glitch, so um here we are, right? Redoing episode one hundred eighty six, which is why if you look at any of the, the codings or anything like that, it'll say uh E one eighty six A, right? So uh James will have to remember to go back in uh tomorrow and delete last week's little snippet pieces because they're just um three minutes Twenty minutes, whatever the hell we had, right? Uh, as we were trying to fix things. So anyway, but our service went down last week for two hours until um, they got everything fixed, and that cut right right into our time. So anyway, all right. So uh, we're looking at this idea of uh, of mentors, right? So uh, let me let me start this off with a little bit of a story because um, I, I mean I've got a bunch of different mentors. Um, some are. <laughs> some are not, some are nicer than others, right? Um, when it comes to language, right? Um, uh, even, uh, even Jikai sensei, right? My Mikyo teacher, uh, it wasn't until, I don't know, just a couple of years ago that I started thinking about him from the perspective of a mentor, right? Um, I was considered Hatsumi sensei, teacher, right? Until, uh, I had this discussion with a, with a uh, Japanese, uh, person that I had hired as a tutor to teach me Japanese, uh, language, uh, speaking, reading, writing, that kind of thing. Um, but with regards to her, let me back up because I'm going to tell you a little story. The first time I met her, um, my ex wife, uh, Jennifer, uh, had actually met her beforehand. And I, I can't remember the context in which, uh, she met this woman, But I got invited to lunch because she was native Japanese, but she was married to a university professor. And for anybody that knows where I live, we're literally surrounded by universities, right? Uh, we've got, I mean, Pennsylvania, uh, is the state in the U.S. that has the largest, the highest number of universities, colleges, educational institutions, not counting public school, right? Not counting Every day, that kind of, I'm talking college, university, that kind of thing, right? So, I mean, we are literally surrounded by, and you can go out in concentric rings to see more and more. Anyway, so she was married to a university professor that worked uh, at one of the local universities, and so anyway, I get invited to lunch, and um, uh, we're you know just kind of chatting, and um, she shared this story that. Um well it actually came on the heels of um something my ex-wife must have said <laughs> at a pri- at a prior meeting and she brought it up, right? Um my uh my ex-wife apparently said that um I was too honest for her. And one of the promises I always make is honesty, right? Um uh, my my wife uh thought it was another bait and switch uh when uh well, they all have. right? But I thought it was a bait and switch kind of thing because, you know, everybody makes promises. But then when they're afraid that honey's not going to like them or you know, they're not going to get permission for something or whatever, then they fold. But uh, the three promises that I've always made have been uh, honesty always. Right. If you're going to be pissed at me for something I said, it was actually something I said and not something that got embellished, made up. Uh, you misinterpreted whatever. Okay, so honesty always, never a dull moment because I like having fun, right? Um Switch it up, keep you guessing, that kind of thing. And you'll never be safer with anyone else. Now, does that mean that there's no one else in the world tougher than me? No, no. But in most people's worlds, right, and, and even if I'm not the guy in the room, I know how to help the guy, so I'll be one of the guys in the room, right? But for me they 're the easiest promises to keep right? everything else in the world is well almost everything else in the world is negotiable, but those three promises, yeah, I can keep those right um, so uh, but apparently this thing came up where uh, I was too honest, and she was not used to that, uh, and that 's a whole other story but uh, this this woman who I hired as uh, a tutor um, she said, you know, uh, let me tell you something. And now she told a story about her mother. <laughs> she said, let me tell you something uh, about my mother. When I met my husband, right, um, there's something you need to know about Japanese, and that is that um, to the average Japanese, if you're not Japanese, then you're an outsider. Okay? So uh, there's a lot of hidden things that go on in that culture when it comes to, Uh, call it racism, acceptance, whatever. Not that they're not very nice or whatever, but one of the best lines that I've ever heard in a movie that people need to take stock of, uh, it was in the movie The Last Samurai, where Tom Cruise's character was talking to uh, the, uh, the journalist who had been there for, what was it, James, a decade or two, something like that. He'd been there for a long, long time. And Tom Cruise's character was was really getting a handle on this thing and starting to appreciate the culture and starting to appreciate these things that were very not American, not European, right? They were very unique. And he, he told this journalist, he said, you know, you're, you're very, very lucky that you've lived here for this long and you, you, you know, you understand things. I mean, you know, you have to know how, how, much of a gift that is or how much, uh, you know, how special that is. And this journalist said something to the effect of, you know what the most important thing I've learned in my entire time living here in Japan. He said, no, what? The journalist said I've become very, very good at translating other people's lies. Uh, Because there's a lot of that undertone that this was a part of her conversation. Because she fell in love with this, this Anglo, right? She fell in love with this, this Westerner. And she was, you know, her mom, you know, old school, very strict, disciplinarian, the whole deal, right? One of the best for her daughter. Um, so she was really, really afraid to tell her mother that she fell in love with this white guy, right? This guy Jean. And um, I think he was working or going to school or something like that over there. I, I can't remember if it was the American university or what the details were, but he had to go home and she wanted to go with him. She was going to go with him. And um, so, you know, she mustered up the the courage and uh, found a moment where mom was in like a really great mood and whatever, you know, and figured that would be the that's time. So if mom exploded, it probably wouldn't be as bad as it could be if mom was having a bad day. Right. So anyway, she drops this on her and she said, my mom cried and she hugged me and she said, oh, my God, that's great. And it really threw her off. And she said, no, no, you're not stand. Right. And she went through this whole thing about being Japanese and this whole thing that you know I was mentioning from that movie. Right. And how there's very little honesty. Right. I mean, even between really, really good friends, there's all these things like obligatory statements and and and, and uh, it's just things are twisted and buried beneath levels of things. And, uh you know, and she said, you know, Americans are not like that. Americans will tell you exactly what they feel because or exactly what they think, because while they're polite, they don't operate like we do right? They'll, more often than not, they'll tell you the truth. She said, you have this great opportunity to like express yourself and to, to, to shine in a way that I could never do here. And she looked at my ex-wife and she said, you know, I know that you're having a problem with this honesty thing, but my mother always told me that if you can find one person in this world, even just one who will tell you the truth, right? You cherish that person like their treasure because most people won't. Most people through fear or through programming or whatever will tell you what you want to hear. And even when they're telling you quote unquote the truth, they still soften it, right? Because they don't want to strain the relationship. They don't want to, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, this, this is the same person that, um, I think I got this in last week, but maybe it was a different episode where, uh, I, I, well, I learned a new word for, uh, teacher. Well, I called it teacher, but it really bridged the gap between teacher and mentor. Um when I was working with her, she would come in, I think, once a week, maybe twice a week because of my teaching schedule at the school. Uh, and then I had other instructors teaching. There were certain times and days that worked out. Um, so I would just be finishing up a class and so she would come in early. She would watch these classes. She would listen to me teach, that kind of thing. And then we would do know, an hour, hour and a half, something like that. Uh, I pay her for the lesson. She'd give me an assignment uh, and I'd work on that for the next couple of days or a week until, you know, she was coming back in. And she she was very accommodating. I mean, that, that was the Japanese side of her. She she came to the academy. She didn't need for me to meet her on a Sunday afternoon or whatever. Um, but I think she found it interesting as well. And so uh, weeks and months had gone by and I needed to write a letter to Soke. And rather than write it in English, send it off, have somebody else do it, or translate it for him, or you know, whatever, I wanted to do this one myself because I was working on, I was working on the language, right? So I want to do this. So she said, "That's great. Okay, so write it out, and then we'll turn it into a lesson, right? So tell me when it's got to go, okay? And then we'll make sure that we fit all the lessons in." And so I did. So I wrote this thing out. And uh, uh, we had this this first class where that became the new assignment. And um, uh, it, it just started off with, I don't know if it used dear sensei or just sensei or something like that, right? But I do remember getting a part of the lesson, and maybe it was before that I started writing it. She said, you know, I know how, how Westerners tend to begin letters. Don't use the word dear, okay? And so I was waiting for the next lesson. She goes, we don't put anything in there like that, right? You just put the person's name. Okay. And then you just begin writing. Okay. So there is no, there's no greeting per se, right? Um, and so, but either way, we got past that. And so I had the word sensei and we didn't even get past that. Like we spent an hour and a half discussing how this was the wrong word and for probably twenty minutes or so, I kept saying, No, 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 this is what we use. And she goes, I, I understand martial arts, sensei, I get it. Right. Um, but this is the wrong word. I don't think this is the word that you mean. Right? Um, and we'd already gone through, you know, the five levels of uh politeness in Japanese language. Um you know, she was trying to help me stay in the three or four, level three, four. Um three is average. But three, four kind of thing that way, um, you know, they they expect at least that. Right. Um, told me certain books to stay away from. Like, don't go to the Berlitz courses because that's like a, you know, kind of sailor talk. You know what I mean? Um, so that ranges in the in like the, the level two range. Um, but, uh, you know, if you can be polite and a little bit. You'll really impress them because that shows that you've done a little, little bit more work, right? Um, and you're trying, uh, and you're not just being the, the average, uh, tourist kind of thing, right? So anyway, so we had to, had this long discussion and I said, no, no, I, you know, everybody uses sensei. I mean, his title is soke. And she's, no, 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 it's not, it's not that. I've listened to you talk about him and share lessons in your classes, and we've had discussions about what you've learned in this art and how it's not like a typical just combat art. And so sensei is not the right word. And I kept saying, but, but that's what everybody uses. She said, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care that that's what everyone uses, right? Sensei means teacher, but sensei is a very generic word right uh, I'll ask students uh, as a part of a test right what is what does sensei mean in English and they'll say martial arts teacher and that's not the translation we give them in the in the book right in their in their training workbook uh, but somehow they pick up that implication right but it doesn't mean martial arts teacher it just means teacher sensei means one who has gone before me okay so they've studied what it is that I'm trying to learn ahead of me Okay. So, um you know, a, a math teacher in school is sensei, right? But it goes beyond that, too, because it can also be a title identifying somebody who is really good at something and you could learn from them. OK, so, you know, uh, somebody could be really uh, a, a really high end lawyer. Right. And they're really good at a certain thing. And so, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So. Uh, but what, the point she was trying to make was that because he also taught me life lessons and more than just self-defense techniques, more than just martial arts, right? That's philosophy. There's all these things, right? So the the word is shiso, right? Shiso, S-H-I-S-O with a long bar if you want to use run, one writing system or just add a U after the O the u is not pronounced it just tells you it's it's part of the, i think the hepburn system maybe um it's it tells you to hold the o twice as long it just makes it longer right so shiso and shiso is pretty much like i define a mentor right um from one perspective right but it's a teacher of life it, they're they're teaching you a broad spectrum of things right and since Hatsumi-sensei is a, is a Jonin, right? Uh, high man, head of an, uh, lineage, that he's teaching us all to be Jonin, right? So that's, therein lies why the philosophy, why the leadership things, why the, uh, why all the extra lessons on top of how to block a punch and kick somebody's ass, right? Whichever. Everybody tends to gravitate toward, right? Everybody's fantasy, which is where the argument about whether or not we're doing real ninjutsu, or uh, you know how ninjutsu, uh, modern ninjutsu, is spec ops people and stuff like that, right? Well, all they're focusing on are combat tactics, right? That's gaming jutsu, right? That's the that's low man uh, skills. It's not a problem. It's just it's only one type of ninjutsu, right? But it's a t- it's a type that makes the best movies, right? I mean, who's going to watch an entire movie? Uh, well, some of us, right, about the tune right? The field commanders, the middlemen, uh, an entire movie about, you know, I think James Bond movies, right? Everybody wants to watch Bond, right? Bond's game, okay? But who would want to watch an entire movie movie about M? Well, there's been one, but yeah, it's kind of in the background, right? It's a secondary uh, plot kind of thing. Right, you can't write a movie about the Jonin because like nobody knows he's anywhere close to being a ninja. Right, so uh, I think it's funny that you know people lambaste the Bujinkan and they they knock out some sensei and this stuff is fake and all. That's fucking wonderful. That is awesome. There is nothing better than hiding in plain sight. Okay, it's kind of like the fat old bald guy, right, that nobody takes seriously. That's perfect. Right. So uh, anyway, so th- there's this there's this idea, right? The, the shiso. Um, but, you know, it's, it still took me quite a while to get my head wrapped around, because even when I shared that that lesson from a Japanese person right, with other friends in the art, high ranking friends, friends that I had known for decades, people who knew, Different nuances in Japanese culture and, and, you know, how, how things are different and, and whatnot. And I pointed this out and that, no, 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 say. it's what we use. It's the term. And I understand that. I understand what everybody's using, right? But, you know, the Japanese teachers started identifying dons past 10th don by teen numbers as well, even though that's not the way Japanese ranking works. Right? Um, there is nothing above tenth on. Right? And it's not that there isn't anything above tenth on. There isn't an eleventh, twelfth, third. Yes, there is. I I don't give a shit what, what you've heard. I don't care. Right? The the original stuff when it was put out, well, Hatsumi Sensei added, right? Just like when he added sixth through tenth, because fifth dawn was the highest point up to a certain point in this art. And then he added five more because there was a shit ton of Shidoshi running around, and well, how are we going to move these guys along? Because psychologically, people need to see progress, or they either become megalomaniacs, right, and think that they they're they're all that in a bag of chips, or they lose interest and drop out. So you need to keep that carrot dangling in front of ego, right? Um, and then again, the thing was done when a bunch of these judons were running around. Right. So the concept was to add five quote unquote beyond mastery levels. Right. And because there's nothing above 10th on, right. Because 10 is returned to zero, which is something he taught on for a decade at least is returned to zero. Then what we're looking at is Judon. And then we went back to, to the five elements. Just like we started with the five elements. Well, we take that back. Me and my peers started with the five elements. We started with the five elements. Okay. All the shit that everybody says is not real. Anyway. So you come full circle. So we went back to the five elements, but they were a proficiency level, a level of mastery of each of those elements. So it became the the initial premise. These are out out of his mouth, not out of mine. Okay? Judan Chi Menkyo. So, 10th Don, earth transmission. Judan Su water transmission. Judan Kamenkyo, that kind of thing, right? But, in true Western form, just like people assume that you were a Shihan at 8th Dan or whatever, because when they encountered Manaka Shihan when he was still in the Bujinkan and he was an 8th Dan, well, you must become a Shihan at 8th Don um nobody understands what the hell was going on behind it anyway so in short order it becomes 11th on 12th on 13th on and again in short order the japanese to not to not have to belabor the freaking issue because again they smile and nod and tell you you're right and pat you on the head and send you on your way and promote you to rank and get the 30,000 yen or whatever. Right. Um, and to shortcut the teaching process, because that rank didn't matter. Right. So all the way up to Hatsumi day, what did they start doing? Using Western numbers. 11th on, 12th on, 13th on. right? just became the thing. Right. So. Since the Westerners weren't going to get with the program, then the Japanese ninja expedited the system. And spoke the listen of the (laughs) misunderstanding wayward waves anyway. So um, but this really got me looking into things because uh Again, using the principles within our system. Right. And I, I go back to you and I go back to these core things that that a lot of things are wrapped around. And this one core principle, three and one, one and three. I talk about this a lot. Right. Where you take any given thing and you break it into at least three sub aspects so you can dive into those. Right. Um, that has served me well. And I use it a lot. Right. I also take a look at separate things that are going on and I try to find the the universal principle the singular principle that's holding them all together because that helps me understand them navigate them uh, see similarities right see where differences exist that kind of thing it's a it's a it's an amazing it, it looks so simple but it's really amazing so I I applied this when I put together my first uh, instructor training program uh, through my dojo because I noticed that in the martial arts or the realm of the martial arts, people were making assumptions that that are not made in any other. In any other endeavor. Right. And that assumption is that once you reach a certain level, then you're automatically qualified to teach. James and I talk about this on a regular basis, right? That's a completely different skill set. I don't give a shit how good you are at the martial arts stuff. Teaching somebody, right? Understanding how to, to, uh, to speak to, uh, their particular or identify, shit, not even speaking to it yet, identify their particular, uh, learning style or learning type, right? Are they tactile? Are they auditory? Are they, uh intellectual, are they visual, right? uh or their uh their satyr type, right? When you're speaking and using words, right? What's their primary, what which are the five senses, right, is their primary for translating their world and their experience, right? You can hear it in their language, right, when they speak, right? People that are visual, uh, they have a visual satyr type, use different words then people who, uh, have an auditory, uh, seder type or that have a, a tactile, uh, seder type, right? One person will say, uh, you see what I'm saying? Literally, you can't see what somebody's saying. I mean, it could be really cold outside and you see the breath, right? Condensing as the, as the warm, moist air is coming out and hitting cold air, but you can't see the words that somebody's speaking I can hear what you're saying right or somebody will go they'll say something and they'll go you feel me right do you get it right okay that's that's not the same right and if there's a mismatch it gets in the way. so it's a completely different skill set right um, you know helping people that are visual cued and, and and things like that and it's not just how do I how do I explain it but How do I get it in faster? But there's no other endeavor on this freaking planet that I can think of. Where there is assumption that when you reach a certain level, a certain grade, a certain you get a certain certificate or whatever, that you're automatically it's assumed that you're you're qualified to teach. Except in the martial arts. It's assumed that once you get a black belt around your waist, then you can teach. No, you know the stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can convey that knowledge to somebody else. And I really I really got thinking about this. Right. And again. These things, I held on to them for a while, and it's only been in the past past couple of years with my own development because I'm I'm never done. Right. I mean, I'll close my eyes for the last time, still learning things. But once I really dove in deep in different areas of my life and, and was able to start separating out. Because I can get information, I can get I can get uh, lessons from different, quote unquote, teachers. But are they a teacher? Well, and I'm not going to split hairs. Right. I mean, people would argue over these things, whether they are or aren't. Right. But. I got thinking about these things and it it started to become more clear that while somebody was teaching or helping someone to learn or whatever there were certain words that i found that best suited the activities what this person was doing and how they were conveying or how they were helping or how they were teaching And that explained why the student or the recipient of the lesson was either able to get it or was having problems or it explained the dynamic as well. And then as I really started to get my head wrapped around this mentorship kind of thing, because you can use any of these words. You can use any of these words to mean any of the other definitions. But as my uh, first seven step students our learning, the more clarity we can have, the better the results we can produce, and the faster, right, that we can produce those results, okay? So before we get the mentor, let's take a look at, well, you know what, even before we take a look at the different teacher types or whatever, um, James, who do we have on? Because I saw the numbers go up, I saw the numbers go down, uh, anybody anybody on, anybody on, well, There's people on, but, um, questions, comments, who should I say hi to? Well,
1: the only thing I see is Dave Fletch said, howdy.
0: Howdy. Hopefully I'm saying this differently than I did last week, Dave, so you're not having a deja
1: vu moment. And Victor is on as well.
0: Hmm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Really looking forward to Victor coming in. He's coming in for, um, uh, Sai, and he's doing two breakout sessions for us, so
1: that'll be cool. Oh, nice.
0: On, what's that? So nice. Yeah, he's doing one on sword and one on Hanbo, unless he changes his mind, but that's every woman, I mean, every, every ninja's prerogative, so. <laughs> anyway, Um Victor and I had a long chat, was it last week, I think? Monday, yeah, I think it was Monday. And, um, uh, wait, wait, James, we need to get back on the, uh, on the uh, planning, the uh, dojo, the black belt and instructor cruise, um, or shinobi Kai and black belt cruise, because uh, uh, Victor's up for that as well. So uh, I don't know if anybody saw my uh, my most recent post that if I am on your black belt shopping list. Yeah, I take a size seven day Carnival cruise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can fit into an eight or ten too, so it's okay. You can you can go go. You know day or two higher or lower anyway. So is is that it? That's all we have. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, you guys can check in as, as you need to or whatnot, but anyway, so, um, I think this is about where we got cut off last time. Uh, so, um, in my accelerated instructor training program, which is, what is that James's 16 week program, something like that. Um, I do in house and, um, like like I said, we're going to re-release it after the new year. Um, for folks that uh, want to develop these skill sets. And as a part of that program, uh, now part of the program currently as it's recorded um, from a previous one, it also includes a dojo or training group marketing uh, aspect to it as well. Right? There's lessons to go with that as well. Um, I'm not sure if the next time we do it, uh, I'm going to do it as is or I'm going to split those two things out, um, because it's, it's a lot, right? I mean, people going through the seven steps program, um, I get it. People mean well and whatnot, but, um, you know, these simple concepts aren't that simple and it's a 16, 17 week program, um, and the classes are two and a half to three hours long. Sometimes they've gone a little bit over that. So, um, I get it, right? It's not, it's not convenient, right? God damn it. The truth were just convenient, right? Anyway, all right. So, um, anyway, while thinking about, about these things, right? Um, one, it helped me get more clear on different types of quote unquote teachers. Um, but also how to how to institute that the 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 helping the assistant kind of uh paradigm into the academy to a much greater degree right so uh while no one's allowed to be a quote unquote instructor in my school until uh they have gone through this program. Uh, and right now we, we just have a level one kind of thing, right? So I don't have anything for, uh, senior instructors or master instructors yet because each of those would be more involved in logistics and, uh, running of the academy management, those kind of things, right? I don't have those, uh, in place yet, but for this level one, nobody's allowed to be, uh, be in an instructor position until they've gone through this, because that program doesn't teach people how to teach the techniques. They know the techniques, right? Step one, step two, step three, here's an Onikudaki, here's a Musha Dori, here's an uh, Ichimonji no Kata, here, whatever, right? They know that stuff, right? So it's not that. It's teaching them how to uh, set up a class, so that there's flow and they don't lose anybody. How to limit the the number of overriding principles that they're teaching in any given class so that they can give personal ones to each student and that way each student doesn't um, doesn't get hit with more than three principles or concepts in any given class because their brain's gonna have a hard time keeping up with all that stuff, right? You give them too much. To hold on to one, they end up dropping something else, right? Um, what are some other ones, James? Uh, we have something called the three times rule, right, which uh, has to do with uh, three personal contacts with every given student from the time they walk in the door to the time they leave, right? Um, and that's j- just fulfills someone's need to feel like they're a part of the group and that they're not being lost in the crowd, so to speak, right? There's all kinds of things that we have for managing the class. And and it's not just, it's not just a skill, right? I mean, it's it, once they go through that program, they realize that, that knowing the skills of course is a prerequisite and being able to explain the skill. Okay. That's a prerequisite, right? But that becomes the least concern, right? So, but anyway, I got thinking about these things. And so In that program, one of the first lessons, I mean, that's way, way up there, isn't it, James? Like somewhere between classes. I don't think it's the first one, but it might be class two or three that we, we go into these things, right? We define them. And so, uh, what we, what we've done, what I've done is split this whole idea of teacher into three different subclasses, right? So we have a coach, we have an instructor, and we have a teacher. And I know if you look these things up, a thesaurus, you know, that word dinosaur. Um, they're, they're like synonyms for each other. Okay? Just like you'll find mentor in there, too. Okay? Um, but what I have found. Through observation and through interacting with people who are teaching me things. Each of these people. Helps in a different way. And they help a different type of student. Like they satisfy a certain need. But also, when it comes to managing the academy and having people work their way up toward being, I know we use the term instructor and things like that because it's just a, it's a martial art thing, right? But working up to this, this higher and higher level, I can get people involved in the training or the teaching or the helping uh, part, right, way earlier in their own training, okay? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with coach, okay? And again, this is how we define things. You can define things any way you want, right? This is not about me telling you how to do things. I would never presume to do that. Unless we were in a different relationship, in which case I'll be more than happy to tell you when you're not seeing things clearly. <laughs> so <laughs> James just nodded I don't know if You can see it in a little window or not. But um, so a coach. Think about this. Right. Think about uh, sports coaches, wrestling, football, whatever. OK, um, there's this saying. That those who can do and those who can't teach, okay, uh, that has not been my experience in this martial art, because I would never go to somebody who couldn't do. But I would also have a hard time learning from somebody who couldn't fucking explain it, right? So I would hope that they could do it, okay? Right? Um, that's a whole other, it's a whole other, uh, whole other ball of wax, but. Uh, so we think about a coach, right? It's been my experience, both observing from the outside and being a part of groups like that, that coaches tend to do well by helping those who already have an understanding of the activity and they're already pretty decent they're good at helping them get better in some aspect but people who don't people don't understand the game people that don't understand the sport people that are not getting their head wrapped around it or whatever right they don't get a whole lot of attention right we call them bench warmers because the, the, the it's, it's, it's my it's my take that the, the coach doesn't know how to help them get it, and they don't want to take the time to get it, regardless of whether there's a timeline, there's a season we have to stay within, there's an agenda we have to win, whatever. This is not about that, right? Um, On professional sports teams, you'll have coaches that, like, this guy just does, he's just helping the kicking team. This guy's just helping the receiving team. Right. This guy. And then you've got coaches on the offensive. Coaching squad or team. Right. And you got them on the defensive. Right. And they specialize because that's their thing. Right. So I'm trying to be a jack of all trades. But what I have found is that they're really good at hints and tips and they're really good at kind of helping somebody get pieces of things to get better. But everybody else either has to figure it out or they quit. Right. Coach just does just that. It coaches people, right. He coaches people. She coaches people, whatever. Right. So they're, they're giving them suggestions, but the proficiency level is in the player. The proficiency level is in the student. They already get it. They're already decent at it. Either they learned it from somebody else and got good or they're a natural. So it just takes guidance. It just takes some steering. Does that make sense? James, does that make sense? Okay. So James went through the program. So I'd probably just sing to the choir anyway, but <laughs> so. And then we've got this, this, uh, instructor role. And again, I know we use these terms in the martial arts, so you can use these things any way you want. I don't care how you what words you use. What I want you to think about is is the difference. Okay. so an instructor. Is someone who conveys lessons. As data, right, as as pretty much. Uh, just here's the information, right? And then you get tested on whether or not you can regurgitate the data, okay? Uh, for instance, right, when I was in um, uh, the Army and I, I finished up basic training and then so, yeah, I think this was in – so I went to uh, to advanced individual training, right? Uh, we called it AIT. So that was for our job. Right. So basic training is you learn to be a soldier, airman, whatever, right? Everybody gets the same lessons. Okay. Ultimately, it's, these are all the infantry lessons because if the shit hits the fan and we don't have a need for your job, you're infantry. So here you go. Shoot, learn to do these things. Everybody has to know them. Okay. And then AIT was the job. And since I was a military policeman, that's what we did. Right. So when it came to radio communications, um, we had to learn the, uh, the alpha code, right? We had to learn, uh, you know, we, we didn't say A, B, C. We said alpha, bravo, Charlie, that kind of thing. So that was taught, right? A is alpha, B is bravo, C is Charlie, D is delta, E is echo, F is Foxtra. You, you get this list, right? And then you memorize it and you regurgitate it back and you get tested on that, right? And then there were days where uh, we were in radio communications where we learned how to key the mic. We learned when we said over and when we said out. And, uh, you know, somebody got pinged if they said over and out uh, or whatever. Right. Um, we learned the, the standard that the, here's how it's done kind of thing. So everybody's on the same sheet of music. Right. This is how we communicate at this level. And so we had radios. Right. is a radio. And then the instructors up there. And they're pointing out somebody. Right. And they're right. And they're initiating the communication. You're doing it. You're like uh, because we we're military policeman. Right. Uh, we might have to read back a, um, a license plate number or something like that. Right. And so it's not a nine. It's a niner. Right. That kind of stuff. Right. Because over the radio, certain things can sound like something else. And so. You need clarity, right? So anyway, right? So they'd have this communication. You get graded. You get pinged. You get corrected. Whatever, but it was very. This is the way it's done. I'm teaching you how it's done. You learn how it's done. Spit it back. Great. You get a proficiency test. You're good. Okay. We can relate this. Relate to this, right? Martial arts. Okay. Um, and more people are. Some people gravitate to that kind of thing more. Um, it's harder to get the whole nuance. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's based on feel. It's a timing thing. It's a, you know, whatever, right? Um, but here's this thing, okay? So, but with an instructor, everybody has to have at least a minimum aptitude. They have to have a minimum intelligence level in the martial arts, right? Some kind of sense of coordination and balance and whatnot. Is it going to be perfect? No, because you're you're learning to use your muscles and whatnot, whatnot in different ways. But you know, if you come in with um, with uh, spina bifida or you come in with cerebral palsy or you come in with something like that, um, a lot of instructors aren't able to handle that kind of thing because, right? I don't have experience with it. I don't know how to work the lessons around for that kind of a person. I don't understand it based on principles and concepts, uh, whatever. Right. So, but either way, so we've got this coach, right. Who the the student or the player or whatever, right. Has either a natural or a learned proficiency level already. And the coach is going to give them suggestions and tips and whatnot for getting better. Okay. Then you have an instructor Who, as long as, you know, you got a heartbeat and you breathe and you got a minimum brain level, then they can convey the step by step that you're going to learn step by step. And then you can do it. Right. Most train the trainer programs are based on this kind of thing in the corporate world. Right. That way they can check off a box on the H.R. record and it's all done. Right. And then you have this teacher. okay? And I know. Right the way I just described things, you probably thought about teachers in your life well where where well shit, most of my school teachers were more like you just defined an instructor as, right okay? or someone were like coaches or you know whatever, okay, and again, I'm not splitting hairs, I should think about the idea I don't care what label you slap on it, this is just how we define it, okay but a teacher, as we define it. Is someone who can take anyone who walks through that door at whatever level of understanding, coordination or whatever, and teach that person in a way that will get them to the highest level that they can get to. They're not looking to duplicate themselves. They're not looking to, yes, the person is going to learn lessons that everybody else is getting. But they're not necessarily expecting that that person keep up with everybody else, um, slow down to stay behind with everybody, right, like pretty much like most school systems. But they're able to take that person, which means that this person that I'm defining as a teacher needs to know more than the lessons to be taught. They need to have skill sets that have to do with empathy, uh, where uh, skill sets where they uh can speak the other person's listen to where they recognize where this person needs help, where they might need like, here's half the lesson. Get to this part, right? Oh, you have one foot that's two inches shorter than the other foot and you wear a special shoe. I'm going to have you do things this way, right? Or you tend to use canes. So we're going to have you do it this way or, whatever, right? You're 80, right? And you're, you're. there's no way you're moving your feet that far apart. But at the same time, you still need to hit the right angle or whatever. Like I got a guy, he started when he was 45. He's now not 45, right? Um, a couple of years ago, right? Um, he's had so many injuries because of the different jobs he's had in his life. He was a farmer, but he also did logging. He also, uh, you know, herded cattle onto fricking train cars and had one slip with its hooves out from under him and p- crushed him between the the uh, the, the cattle and the, the animal and the ball, uh, all kinds of stuff, right? So his shoulders and his range of motion between elbow and shoulder just started to become nil. And I said, that's fine. At, from this point on, for you, we're focusing on Togakure stuff because of the movement and the way the uke nagash and, and all that kind of stuff is done. Right, it's it's not it's not fair to you or the art to to force you to do it like everybody else because quote unquote that's the way it's done, right? So, Rich has been working on that kind of thing for how long, James? Long time, right? So, um, yeah. So anyway, um, so what you have are these three different aspects, okay? And each one is different. Right. Each one could be called a teacher. I mean, they are teaching things to a certain degree. They're teaching to the best of their ability, whatever. Right. But the difference is in who they can help to what extent they can help. Right. And what their focus is on. Right. Where where they're not only where their strong points are, but also where their limitations are. So it's my. It's my premise, I guess, right, that within the dojo, like, anybody can be a coach, right? At a certain point, we start helping them to do it a little bit better. But anybody over, uh, even high up in Mod 1, going into Mod 2, they can be coaches. And they normally rise to the top anyway because some they'll be helping somebody – who's like newer or whatever, and the person will go to do something and they'll go, no, 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 your hand goes here, points at my eyes, straighten your fingers, that kind of thing, right? Awesome, right? So this person's getting the gist, and they may not know a whole lot, but they're they're getting it, they, they learned the lesson, but this person is coaching them while they're working with them, right? Hand goes here, that'll stop me from coming at you, right? That's coaching, Okay. Um, I have people that know the techniques, and if I'm out, illness, whatever, or I'm, you know, neck deep in one of these projects where I'm trying to make things happen out of town on a consulting gig or something like that, right, they'll cover classes for me, but we understand, right, they're an instructor. They know how the technique is done, so regardless of who's in class, they're going to give those people something to work on step by step. Here's the technique. Here's the model we're working on today. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Okay. Yes. Okay. That was good. Okay. No, we're going to this. Okay. So I've got people that fill in as instructors. Yes, James. Okay. Um, and we have a couple of folks that are just really freaking good at addressing the individual needs of given students, fears, anxieties, whatever. Uh, Shoshi Whistler is phenomenal at this. Shoshi Paul was really, really good. He passed away. Uh, November 15th was a year since he passed. Um, but he was really, really good at that as well, right? He was another love me or hate me kind of guy, right? So, um, people picked and chose our class. For the most part, most of the students, most of the people we have helping at the academy to cover classes fit the instructor role because they know how things are done. And so, Right. So if there's this minimum baseline. Right. Um, but they're still learning how to read students they're, There's a whole other skill set for this other thing. Okay. Well, you know what, before we go on to the next part here, uh, questions, comments, anything pop up, James? Any, James, first of all, is there anything that you want to toss on top of this? Like you, you're in this paradigm as well. You're in this in this kind of a mix. So. um what's been your experience with for yourself shifting from one from one role to another because you even help online too so um what's what kind of skill sets do you know you've picked up or that you need to work on that because you taught when you were in taekwondo you you, you were teaching at, at another school for quite a while we've had right. this conversation too right so what skill sets were new, what skill sets changed from coaching to instructor between what you did before and where you see this going, um, uh, now.
1: Um, uh, before, I mean, it was just basically what you already said. Once you hit a certain belt rank, it was just like an expectation that you were going to start helping the cover classes because, um, just what you did and you didn't you were just doing what you would normally do in a class. You didn't there was just no kind of of uh any kind of training to, to be an instructor or anything. It's just, you know you know more than they do, so
0: Yeah, you have a black belt, you can obviously teach.
1: So yeah, and it really it yeah. that.
0: <laughs> There's some people that have black belts. I wouldn't let them get nearer and near another human being that I had any kind of Connection to, um, Mm -hmm. if, if they were in my sphere of influence and it's not because they don't know how to do the stuff, right? They're just, they forget that they were once in a position and a level that they didn't know how to do it,
1: Mm.
0: but they talk to everybody like, I know, and this is how it's done. And how could you not, right? There's no, there's no incremental learning. There's no, uh, you know, same thing with judging somebody for rank or whatever, right? That's why we don't let shodons on a testing board, um, have, uh, voting rights, especially brand new ones, because they have this tendency to, to, uh, test everybody else based on shodon, uh, proficiency standards and not based on white belt or mod two or whatever, right? And that doesn't mean forgive them, you know, forgive everything, but, it's it's a skill set to understand, you know, this incremental development and what's that range kind of thing, right? Um, kind of gets thrown off in the Bujinkan because Hatsumi Sensei uh, kind of made this statement that uh, people that have been around for the same amount of time should be the same rank. Okay? So people were like, oh, you know, uh, so this amount of time equals this black belt rank. Yeah that's I understand the words that he used but that's not what he meant. People who have been training for the same amount of time should be the same rank <laughs> as in and skill still, proficiency. Yeah, well we know how that works too. But anyway. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go back to you.
1: But uh I think a big thing is is you don't have a full really a full understanding of the nuances of Almost anything that, excuse me, that you're teaching until you have, or that you've learned until you have to teach it, and break it down into really more detailed levels. And for some people, it has to really get broken down even further because they need more specific details on how to do things or why they're doing certain things or whatnot.
0: Well, some people are tactile learners. You could talk to your freaking blue in the face. Sure. And they're not going to get it. Or they're, they're, um, they're intellectual. They're, they're, you know, head kind of people, right? So, um, they're really good at converting the abstract into something, right? But if you can't give them, for instances, like Richard, right? Richard was, is a tactile intellectual, right? So there were times where I had to take his body and position it so he knew what that felt like. Because translating the words just wasn't hitting it, right? Because he's not an auditory learner, right? But in certain instances with certain techniques that were based on leverage or timing or whatever, um, you know, this also forced me to learn some things about farming or some things about different people's jobs, IT, whatever, so I could throw out, do I do those things? No. Just based on conversations with these people, oh, that's like note to self. Remember that one. Next time you're talking to somebody in this field, throw that out. That helps them get there faster because they just took this abstract, right, from their world. And that now they can use it as a reference, and they get 80% of the way, and then they can work out the rest of the details, right? So it's a very, very different thing. So anyway, back, yeah. So, and you're not just learning it; you're not just learning how to teach. I mean, you are, but have you found that you're also learning the techniques better because mm-hmm. you have to teach to different learning types, and people are making fricking mistakes you never made. And you're, you know, have you ever had one of those moments where you're like, "How the hell are you doing that?" Right, mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> right. So. How, how are you translating my words like that? And then you all, one of the skill sets is you just get more clear, right? Because a lot of human, most human beings, right? I know what the hell I mean. It's not my fault he doesn't understand. Yeah, it is. Okay, <laughs> right? it'd be like having, but you and your friend with walkie-talkies, but they're on the wrong channel, right? Yeah. They're not lined up. Doesn't give a shit. It doesn't matter that you're talking to your freaking blowing the face. You could be screaming, but if it's not coming out of his radio, doesn't matter. Right. In in any kind of communication. Right. I'm talking about radio, but it's the same. People just again, just like the assumption that a black belt can be a teacher or they can teach. People make the assumption that because they're talking and they understand what they mean, the other person understands, too. But in all communications, you at any given moment, you have a transmitter and you have a receiver. If they're not tuned in. To the same frequency. You have shitty communications. You have static, you have, you know, dropped words, you, whatever. And people can't get their head wrapped around it because they're listening to themselves talk. So since they understand, well, then the other person, it's, you know, they must be a freaking moron because they don't understand. Martial arts teachers are freaking notorious for this kind of stuff. If students quit or they're confused or whatever, they just write it off. It's a bad student, right? Doesn't matter that you have, you know, the way you teach your classes, the way, You throw shit at people that's over them or you keep covering things and they feel bored, right? Well, they shouldn't feel bored because they haven't figured this out yet. Okay, great. You know what a great tactic for that is? Give them something at the level they think they are or beyond that and then let them scramble for a little while and they go, yeah, this isn't working. How about if we go back to doing this? Then ego goes, okay, that I can do, right? (laughs) Yeah, so um, but anyway. So what, else, what 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 have you learned? What skills do you know you learned going from just helping somebody with some hints and tips to get better to um, to like actually conveying? And it doesn't matter instructor level, teacher level. Um, what do you have? And what do you think you need uh, to get better at yet?
1: I think i've I've picked up more on on when you work with somebody that you pay more attention to how they communicate and try to adjust how my own communication with them so they best understand it um and what you need <clears throat> and try to get more clear with things like you said uh tend to sometimes I get stuck in the because. It happens to me myself, and I go way too in the weeds with something sometimes, and it's just too much
0: mm-hmm.
1: so just very simply do this. Some people just need to do this thing and not the the uh, long way around it kind of thing um, yeah
0: okay, cool so do we have any anything from anybody online that uh I need to address
1: uh Victor threw out another X factor is the instructor's ego.
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And Dave Fletch put out, the hardest part for me was different motivation levels of different students and how to plan the appropriate amount of information to use per session.
0: Yeah, that's why we have different programs at the school, because the programs are based on uh, a student's initial or current um goals and motivations. And we actually break things down to look at we, we have three different mindsets that we look at. Um, and it's the instructor's, I'm gonna use the just the generic term because we're all martial arts, right? It's the instructor's job. It's actually the teacher's job. It's the instructor's job to inspire or otherwise motivate the student to engage at the next higher level. Okay. And so those three levels of engagement or motivation are, again, these are my words. These are my terms. Okay. Right? You can use whatever you want. Okay. So we have the hobbyist mindset. We have the recreational mindset and we have the lifestyle mindset. A lot of instructors assume that students should have whatever theirs is or it's not worth their time. I've heard people in our art who are, like all in go, that's it. If students not all in. I don't have time for them. I tell them I'm not take them. Okay. And then they bitch and complain because they don't have a big training group. Okay. Well, if somebody who comes to you doesn't know what the full scope all in is, Right. And even if they did, anybody's going to come to us based on what their current needs, understanding and or goals are. If they don't see how that other stuff is going to fit in, why the hell would they want to do it? If, if, If we can't explain this stuff as a solution to certain problems. Why? Right. Well, because it's just the way it's done, and it, and okay, well, you know what? The only person you're talking to is yourself. And what you just said was the only students you're looking for are carbon copies of you. Well, good fucking luck. Because that's not the way it works. Okay? But, again, since we're working definitions, and again, this is not, this is not, because everybody can say, I want self-defense, I wanna learn, need to, I wanna, and yet, okay, listen to people that say Budo Taijutsu or Ninjutsu or uh, Bujinkan or whatever these days and follow their line of, of thinking as they communicate. And you'll very quickly recognize where they are. Right. Victor mentioned ego, you know, wherever. Right. So. But we tend to start with why or at what level. Are they willing to engage with martial arts training even self defense stuff okay I think most people want just enough right, when it comes to self defense but they don't know what it is that they would nearly what they would be up against okay so egos you know I want just enough to be able to protect myself against whatever comes at me right what they mean is They're not going to dive all in to be a master. They don't need all the nuances. They're not, you know, they don't want to be Chuck Norris or whatever. They want just enough to be able to protect themselves and their family. But they have no fucking idea what that's going to involve. What they're hinting at is, you know, can I I get what I need in the shortest amount of time? and I'll be good. Right? So if they believe that they could learn it uh, sitting on their ass in a seminar for a half an hour and somebody just tells them the magic four techniques or demonstrates some things or whatever. And I've had I've done rape defense seminars where women thought they could sit on a on a chair, watch the techniques being demonstrated, and they would remember under pressure, when their left brain took a fucking vacation, in an actual attack scenario. People actually believe this. We know that it's bullshit, but you need to understand that. And one of the, one of the skill sets when somebody's talking to you and you, when you ask, what is it that you want to get out of martial arts training? I hope that everybody asks that because if you don't ask that question, when somebody's looking for training, how do you know which parts of the art to highlight? So what you're saying to them without using these words is this is what you're looking for. Right? But people have this spiel and they just throw up on people about the coolness of the art without ever knowing why this person wants to engage. What they're looking for. Okay? So what I just said was, what is it that you're looking to get out of a martial art? Or if it's a mom calling for their kid, what is it you're looking for, you know, for your six-year-old to get out of a martial arts program? Okay? How do I, you know? So anyway, the hobbyist mindset is a person who wants to learn it, but think about hobbies. Hobbies are things we enjoy doing, but for the most part, we do them when we have the time. Okay, It's one of the reasons why uh, a new person, first class, first pre-class tour, there's these little, we call them drops, During the presentation, so that they recognize what the standards are. Okay, most class, most students are able to take class um, an average of twice a week. Is there anything that you're involved in right now that would prevent you from taking class twice a week? I can't get pissed off at somebody who doesn't show up if I haven't established what the standards are. I mean, I can, but I'd be a dick. Okay, so. Uh, but we have we have drops like this because that was part of the skill sets I had to learn, not the script, but the logic. How do I walk somebody logically through this so they don't get confused and so they can make a good decision? Right. And know whether this is for them or not. So a hobbyist is somebody who will do it. And so we have an open scheduling thing, too, even though we have classes six days a week right? We tell them at this point, the student body is not big enough that we lock people into classes. So whatever two classes per week work for you, we suggest that you don't stack them Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, or whatever, because that will put an entire week before you come back to class again. And unless you consistently practice 10-15 minutes every day, you're going to forget. And it's going to take longer for you to get this. So, But if you could put two, three, four days in between each class or do three classes or whatever, you will retain things better and your progress will be faster. Okay. So I had to learn these things, right? Not just in explaining it, but I had to learn about the psychology of learning and how our brains work and how we retain information, stuff like that. Right. So that I could teach somebody. Here's a, here's a novel idea. So I could teach somebody how to learn. Of all the years that we went to school, nobody ever taught us how to learn. They just taught us what to learn, or what we were responsible for learning. There's a novel idea. Okay? So, but a hobby mindset is: I enjoy doing this thing, but I do it when I have time. I enjoy building models. Any idea how long it's been since the last model that I put together? I'll give you a hint. It's over a decade. I don't know. I buy model kits. I have them around, right? So should the opportunity arise? But see, once I start something like that, then I'm all in. So at that point, does it turn into something else? Typically, right? But. Hobby, I enjoy it, but I do it when I have time. Other things take priority. For the recreational mindset, I enjoy it. I derive benefit from it. I can see the benefits, so I actually make time to do it. And the lifestyle mindset is this is so much a part of me that I can't not do it. And I think that a lot of you that are on this and listen to this routinely, you can relate to that. I can't not do this in some form, in some fashion, whether I'm doing strategic stuff, whether I'm pl- applying the lessons I learned in everyday life and not necessarily duck and punches and whatever. I can't not do this. Right. And if something gets in the way, injury, family, work, whatever, And I can't go to class or I can't practice. It's irritating. It's unbalancing. It's frustrating. Sometimes it's downright painful because it feels like something's missing because it is. Okay. So my teachers, my my people going through that AITP program are taught that it's their responsibility. In the way we do things. Right. That's why there's life lessons. That's why there's inspirational kind of things. That's why we do things toward the end of a class that gets the endorphins going. So they end the class on a high note. Right. Those kind of things. We engineer the class so that there's self-reflection. There's learning. There's fun. Right. And those kind of things. Right. We trigger these natural human needs. That will cause somebody to want to keep going because they need they need to learn more. They want to do more. They want to have that experience again. That kind of thing. Right. These are hardwired kind of things. Right. So it's their responsibility in the way they do their classes. To motivate or inspire the hobbyist mindset. To move up to the recreational mindset and the recreational mindset to move to the lifestyle mindset. What about the lifestyle mindsets? if something blew up my school and the academy went away, these people would want to be training in my backyard. It's that they're not going to not train. Okay. So they don't need to be motivated to do anything. What they have to be, what has to be done. And actually with them, that lifestyle mindset is the stage that we do have that, that, in there is for them to engage more at a teacher Role model type level. Right. So beginning in mod four. Right. It becomes a requirement, testing requirement for them to be helping with classes. Because they start to learn things better and more deeply. So. But anyway. um, So. I'll open it up to questions or comments one more time with that. And then we'll round this stuff out with this little secret about the mentors. Okay. So um any, anything come in, James?
1: No, nothing else has come in. Okay.
0: I think about shit too much. Don't you think? <laughs> All right. So um while mentor can be a synonym, Right? It can be another word that people use for teachers and whatever. Um, it's been my experience that, um, there's things that people miss when it comes to mentors. One, I think that mentors are extremely important, especially if you want to be a high performer in whatever endeavor. You want to be a high performer. Okay. If you just want to learn some stuff, Teachers, instructors, coaches, pick one. If you're already good, you need somebody to give you some suggestions for getting better, right? Uh, if you just want to learn some stuff, then find an instructor. Somebody can show you step by step. You learn step by step. It's a done deal, okay? Um, if you want to get really decent, you want to feel good in the process, you want to, you know, whatever, okay? Um, teacher, whatever. It depends on how much you know or want to know or whatever. Can mentors do the same thing? Yeah, of course. Right. Mentors can coach. Mentors can instruct. Mentors can teach. Mentors can also kick your ass. Mentors can also just let you know that if you're not going to pull your own weight and you're not going to do what you need to do, there's the goddamn door. You're wasting my time. See, the problem for most of us is that we've encountered people that were teaching us either because they were friends who knew something, they were going to learn us something. Or, I love saying it that way, right? <laughs> um, or, because we were cheap, right? Just, you know, why go pay for some professional to teach me something when my, you know, dad's cousin's college roommate or whatever knows a couple of moves and they can show me. Um, yeah, well, we'll not push that too far. Piss some other people off. Um they can do all those things. But if we can get past the mentor is another word for somebody who's teaching me things and we recognize that they're already extremely good at what they do. And I'm not just trying to learn some things. I want to be able to do what they do. Okay. And I can realize that from that perspective, unless, and Victor mentioned this earlier, unless egos involved on their part, right. They need to be a teacher. They need students. They need people looking up to them. They need to show off their skill sets, whatever. All right that person has a life. That person is on their own goal and their own trek and all that kind of stuff. Right. I need to recognize. I needed to recognize you don't need to do anything. I needed to recognize that the people that didn't just know what I needed to know, like my missing skill sets, but the ones who could do it at or beyond what I even thought was possible when I came into it. Don't need me. I need them. We find this to be an alien concept in the martial arts because martial arts people set themselves up as instructors. And, right, But the reality is that you're not an instructor or a teacher or sensei or any of those terms without students. But a mentor, I know there's mentee, there's all these things, right? But the mentors that I've chosen, whether I'm actually in their presence or I'm getting extra lessons from them somehow or whatever, right? Um, They... don't need me. I don't mean that in a lamenting way. I mean, like, they're not going to kiss my ass and make me feel good and do whatever, say whatever I need to hear so that I'll stay around and keep paying them. Okay, They're more than willing to tell me no. Here's a, for instance, directly out of the Bujinkan, right? He's two sensei. It's okay now, right? Has this tiny ass dojo? It's like this little. Well, it's a little bit larger than a shed, right? It looks like a shed from the outside, right? If you can get more than twelve people in that dojo, right? And there's been upwards of twenty-five people in that dojo. You don't have much, much movement room, right 12 is very comfortable. Less than that, even more so. But they have no problem in that dojo making fun of your technique, making fun of what you think you know, given that high rank that you have wrapped around your waist, right? And they make no qualms about one, telling you that every time you come to class, you risk dying, and two, if you're going to keep fucking around and you don't want to learn the lessons and you're going to walk around here with your chest sticking out, go, go train somewhere else. Go train with the, where the rank flows like water and they tell you whatever you want to hear and pat you on your, on your head and whatever. Okay. But you want to develop a skill set and you recognize that this is a painful process and you're going to stick to it because what's your other choice? Uh, have a high rank and that look in your eye that says you don't have a violent bone in your body. Uh, by the way, if, I'm, if I relate to you on a one-to-one basis, okay, not in a general way, then that already says a whole lot about what I perceive, and I'm assuming the same thing goes from the other direction as well, um, because we've all met people in the world who have a job title, a position, a level of rank or whatever. When you look in their eyes... You can tell that a shit, if the shit hit the fan, shit would hit their their underwear, too. I almost said paper. But, okay, then they better be freaking grateful beyond gratefulness that they found a system where they can get promoted being that way. Right? So, uh, but here's the thing with a mentor. That, that, those things weren't the secret, right? Because every, anybody should be really, really grateful when somebody takes you under their wing to help you be different. And I don't mean they're trying to recreate you in their image. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Okay. It's not about that. Right. A mentor doesn't just teach you something. I guess all, it, it's all different, right? But they show you a different perspective. Whether it's about yourself, the thing you're learning, life in general, whatever, right? I'll give you, here's another for instance, right? Um, people, they, you know, they, they have their comments about wealthy people uh, you know, all they care about is this or that or whatever. It's impossible for people to describe somebody else that they hate without using the things that they relate to and based on their own perspective. Like they have no idea how wealthy people make money outside of the way they understand how money is made because economics aside, they don't understand leverage. They don't understand so many ways of looking at things that just does not compute for them. My, my uh, first seven steps students just went through the six realms that are on the wheel of life uh, in a previous class. And we talked about how the, these, their, their personality types and how any one of these realms, with the exception actually of the human realm, they can get their head wrapped around it. Um, not only can they not understand the perspective of the other realms, but they think that those other perspectives are just, they're just retarded. They're, they're, that's not even, how can anybody even think that way? Right? That's just, right? Which is part and parcel to the creation of dukkha, right? Suffering, frustration, all those kind of things, right? So we do it all the time, right? But a mentor's job in teaching you how to produce the kind of results you want to produce is to tell you when your way of thinking won't produce the results you want. I can teach you how to do all of these things. But until your perspective shifts, you'll never be able to produce these results with those skills because you won't know when to use the skill to what degree and where and when. Any monkey can learn all these martial arts moves. Which techniques against what fighter type in what kind of scenario, right? You can try any of them. You might even luck out and win a couple of times. But. Which ones, right? So uh, in the foundations course that we have, right, in that mod one, we gave people a wide range of things and then described, right? If they grab you this way, if they're positioned this way, right, that kind of thing it was a, it was a kind of a sampling of things to come in this new one that we're releasing. It's designed to handle either the speed uh, attacker, right? Or the guy that's just going to haul off and slam you with things as hard as he can. And you need fucking time and distance to neutralize, to give yourself time to stay out of his reach until something opens up that you can go after, right? It's it's like scientific use of tactics at a long range against very specific fighter types. Does that mean you can't use it against anybody? No, you can use anything against anybody. Shit, you can use a hammer against your window to try to fix it, but what results are you going to get? Right? So, same thing. Mod 3, right? That flips it. Right? Different fighter type, different style. Right? How do you... The Mandala has all this stuff on it. Right? This one is the is the mirror to that one? This is the answer to that guy. This is the answer. It's just—it's amazing shit, right? But anyway, so, but you know, they—you you get to talking and sharing what you know and all that kind of stuff, and a mentor is not only willing to, but if they're going to help you produce results, they got to get your head straight, right? You can't. <laughs> you, you can't get here from there, right? So people don't understand that when they want, when they, when they think about uh, or they fantasize about being Hatsumi sensei, or they fantasize about being like a grandmaster level or whatever, they have no idea. They they have an idea that they're going to know skill. They're going to have skills that they don't currently have. They're going to know things that they don't currently know that they get, but they don't understand is they're going to see things and understand things that they don't currently have any clue about. And it's not about knowing things. It's about, I think it works this way, but it's that very perspective or belief or level of understanding that makes it only work this much, right? (laughs) Wealthy people see money as an instrument, they accumulate it because of what it can produce on the outside. When I learned that there's a difference between rich people and wealthy people and the way they think and what, how they buy things and how they spend their money were as different as poor to middle class, it's actually even bigger than that. It was such a huge eye opener. Rich people make money to spend money and you can see it. They've got fucking Rolodex watches, or uh, what are the hell they call Rolex watches. They've got fucking fast, shiny cars, whatever, right? They have all the stuff that broke people want to have if they had money. Wealthy people, right? Most people don't even know that, what's his name? Warren Buffett lives in the same ranch house he bought in 1949. It's like a four-bedroom, whatever. Looks, <laughs> Looks like the house I grew up in which is not much, got a lot of land and everything, right? What he does with his money is completely different, drives. Uh, it's just very, very different. they just people have no clue, right? Because they assume that these people think about and deal with their money. What? Same thing, right? Same thing that happens when, uh, somebody gets involved in martial arts because they're being picked on, they're being bullied, all that kind of stuff, right? And they learn all the skills, but nothing about them changes. Perspective, viewpoint, whatever. And then at the other end, they turn into the same aggressive bullying asshole that was attacking them and made them join martial arts. Because now what? I'll say or do whatever the hell I want. What's he going to do? Punch me, I'll kick his ass. So without a perspective shift, they turn into the same thing. Okay, so, but here's the here's here we'll just cut this cut this short. Here's the secret about mentors. People go looking for mentors, and they choose teachers because they like them. Because they want to be them. I choose mentors because that person not only knows, has the skills that I want to have and the knowledge that I want to have, but they're producing results at the levels I want to produce. They don't just know some stuff. This is what makes people waste their fucking money online buying programs. I don't care if they're get-rich-quick schemes or here's 50,000 techniques for $27 and then the upsell for here's another 50,000 techniques for $22, whatever, right? I don't care, right? They need to like the person because it's a politically motivated fucking decision, right? They need to have a connection with the person because they're hoping this person will treat them well. What they need is to be shaken up so that they start fucking paying attention. They think that they can get to that level by doing the same shit and having the same habits and whatever that they currently have. Just if I just get that knowledge and those skills, then I'll be like that guy. No. Okay? So secret number one, and there's only two of them. Secret number one is I don't have to like the mentor that's teaching me something. I'll get to the next piece here in a minute because I almost crossed over. Okay. I don't have to like them. I have to listen to them. And the second uh secret is that I don't have to become them. See, they go together. Most people choose mentors because they like the other person and they can see themselves being that person. They don't choose certain mentors because, well, that guy's an asshole. That guy has that skill Right. And maybe you can make a lot of money or whatever. But then like he tramples on people and he's what. Look, I just need the skill. I'm not I don't I'm not going to be him. I have a different moral and ethical base. But if I'm going to wait until somebody like me with the same moral and ethical base shows up with that skill set, how long am I going to wait? And how many other. Charlatans or or bullshitters or um, when it comes to making money online, the number of people that have programs that people can buy for making money, but if you looked at that person, right, it's all a sham. Just it's the same same thing in the martial arts world, You know, I was going to pull, hold this off earlier, but I'm, I'll throw it out there. And some of you guys have already heard it. So if you've heard it, suffer through it. <laughs> Got to make sure everybody else is up to the, of the thing, right? But there are three types. And when, and when, and again, I'm, t- I'm coming at this from self-defense. Okay. There's three types of instructors that we can learn from when it comes to self-defense. And this doesn't downplay anybody's ability to teach me the lessons, right? But. It does make a difference between coach, instructor, teacher, mentor, whatever. OK. One instructor never been in a fight. Training to be able to handle themselves, but never been in a fight. Never had to use their skills, never used their skills against anybody outside of martial arts training. OK. They learn them. They can teach them they can teach them correctly here you go okay instructor number 2 has learned the stuff can teach the stuff teaches it correctly has been in fights knows what it's like inside that bubble but has never used the skills that they're actually teaching in any of those fights instructor number 3 learned the lessons teaches the lessons has been in fights, and has used those skills that they're teaching in an actual situation, not a controlled one, in an actual violent situation successfully to produce results. These are the choices we have. Most people choose martial arts instructors based on proximity, how close they are to me, Cost and likability or trust. But there's a whole bunch of assumptions going on outside of it. Just like, and if you ever get in my AITP program, you'll hear this way early on, or whether it's the instructor version or the marketing version, but more on the marketing version, right? People throw words around like everybody around them knows what the hell they're talking about. I teach Bujinkan. What the fuck is that? Okay, Think about it. If you live in a large city, statistics say that people will not travel more than 5 to 12 minutes to go to a martial arts school. Luckily, I live in an area where people will travel up to 35 minutes to come to class. I have people that will travel farther than that. Right, James? So um, how many, what's the population density within that group? Within that population, what percentage of people at any given time is interested in self-defense or martial arts? Out of that number, what percentage of people understand the word Bujinkan or Ninjutsu, or any style? Or a whole bunch of other Japanese words you're going to throw around. So that person who's promoting their group that way has to hope that this person has gone through the entire gamut of martial arts options, has settled on this thing and is actually looking for that particular thing rather than casting the largest net possible communicating the value of these lessons in terminology that that person recognizes because they're looking for it. These people, a bigger group, and when they come in, they can learn what this is called. See how the thinking is different? But the way we think about something the way we define things. I've been saying this for years. The way we think about something, the way we define it, creates the ceiling. Creates the limit. Which is the translation of the word mandala, by the way. It means edge or perimeter. So you can either create a perimeter to work within, so that because you can't work on everything. So like a kata is like a mandala. It's it's got a defined uh realm sphere, right? Um, or you can recognize that non skillfully applied mindfulness, also known as ignorance, right, produces boundaries and limitations that if we're not mindful of them and willing to shift the definition or mindset, we'll box us in and prevent us from getting as far as we think we want to go. <clears throat> and that's it. Right? So the two secrets are, I don't have to like a mentor. Okay? The, what I do have to do is find a mentor who not only can teach me what I need to know, but is actually using that and producing results to the degree that I want to produce them. See, that requires a lot of clarity on my part and me not bullshitting myself and not letting somebody else bullshit me. I don't have to like them. I have to find the ones that can help me produce that level. And two, I don't have to be them. I don't have to want to become them. So that's different, but it's also the path least traveled. All right, James, last call for I mean uh, last call for uh, (laughs) questions or comments. (laughs) That's not funny, Sensei. Yeah, it is. I don't care who you are. That was funny. Sorry. Questions, comments. Do you have anything to throw on top of that? Based on what you uh, you see out there,
1: because
0: yeah. trust me, there's a whole bunch of people. Um, I, I every once in a while I do a search online. Um, a lot of people who steal my stuff don't know that it's easy to take a snippet out of my the stuff that I write or whatever and plug it into a Google alert. And whenever somebody copies my web page or copies a program or something like that, I get a notification. And then I can go send a cease and desist kind of thing because they don't have a creative bone in their body. Um, but it's always a good clue when somebody copies anything. I've heard that it's the highest degree of compliment or flattery when somebody copies you. Yeah, it's also a sign that they don't know how to communicate what it is that they're doing and or they haven't done it. We had a, we had a guy way back when I was coming up through the ranks. Um, man, he's <laughs> um, lucky that we were the, the teacher that I was with that had he was a combat vet um, was working on personal development because this guy was trying to convince everybody that he was a combat vet. Vietnam combat vet and special forces and all that kind of stuff, and had this thing hanging in his frickin house and picture and he was in this place, and the unit he was supposed to be in was never in that location at that time, and we know because the combat vet that was training with us wasn't a unit that was in that hot spot at that time,
1: yeah. Anyway, what we got? Um, the only thing that's come in is <clears throat> James T681 on YouTube said, thank you for giving us the gift of your time.
0: You're welcome. What's that, what's that joke? What else am I going to do? Gee, I don't know, James. What else am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> um. This this probably wouldn't go over well with a lot of students, but I don't mean this in a bad way because it wouldn't go over well with some family members either. But the stuff I'm working on to help the kind of people who need it and want it and the drive that I have to do good in the world and leave a legacy, and I know how how cheesy and woo-woo that sounds, but coming up on 61, not going to be around a whole lot longer. I mean, I'm shooting for a 108, but, you know, life happens. Um, With the things that I'm involved in and the things I want to get done, um, sometimes classes get in the way. Sometimes family events get in the way. Do I still do them? Yeah, of course. And my heart's there in it when I'm doing it. But sometimes even those things that I would die for are a major interruption. So, and that James, I I don't know what his last name is or how you pronounce all those letters and numbers that go together, but it's okay. Um, That is why mentors get shown gratitude. Because, again, they don't have to. I have stopped in the middle of a class where people were just, I don't care if it's a kid's class, adult class, whatever, just not focused. Right? James knows this. I will stand perfectly still. I don't yell for people. And if I do, it's a way that shakes them up. (laughs) <laughs> yelled at me. Yeah. You and everybody else in the goddamn room. Focus. I don't need to be here. You need to be here. But often I'll just stop and stand still. And then they notice. And then they all pay attention. People will start slapping each other. Right. And I'll very calmly remind people. I don't need to learn this stuff. I don't need to listen to myself talk for nothing. I've learned this. I've got other things I could be doing. If you don't want to be here, if you don't want to focus, we can call class right now. So, um, uh, That's also why people get, when I when I do say something or I give something or whatever, and they go, are you sure? You know, that obligatory, are you sure? What do I say, James? Don't ask me that. Don't ever ask me that question. Mm -hmm. Because if I weren't sure, I wouldn't be doing it. I'm sure about doing these weekly podcasts. I'm sure about doing Whiteboard Wednesdays. I'm sure about doing the classes. The fact that it's, it's an annoyance is because of the momentary thing because I'm, I'm working on this thing and I could use the extra time that has no bearing on whether or not I want, and see, people are too freaking bipolar. Oh, you don't want to do class. I, I didn't say that. My own schedule gets in my own schedule's way, right? It's just, I got a lot to do. So, um, you need to stop choosing making choices because they feel good or avoiding choices because they feel bad or not fully committing because "Eh, I don't know which way this is going to go what will serve you so again for me liking is not a requirement for the mentor getting them figuring out a way paying them doing some work for them in trade and not something they can hire somebody else for right okay i we i get people like this all the time oh my god right give me everything you got i'm poor right Give it to me because I'm a nice guy. No. What can I do for you as a trade? I don't know. Pretty much have things handled at the moment. Okay. What I learned from a mentor a long time ago, and it's because I did it, was um, I saw something that needed to be done, and I just did it and gave them the thing or whatever, and they're like, wow, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Anything else? I mean, like, I, I can dress it out more, or if you have another one, I'd be more than happy to take care of that one, too. What do you mean you're not getting paid? Are you fucking kidding me? That's the least I could do to get this person to share what they know to the degree, like, I can shadow them, watch them do it. It's kind of like when the when the news prints, uh, like, a... Not really a press release, but we do something or whatever and we end up in the paper, right? Or maybe I do send out a press release, right? And it gets written up because press releases, when they're converted into a freaking news story or even better than that, I send that thing out there and a lawyer or not a, lawyer, a reporter goes,
1: wow, I want to know more.
0: Shows up with a freaking cameraman and all that, does a whole article or they show up and or I get invited to do a radio uh, uh, talk show kind of thing or whatever, right? Um. wow, well, they, they got that wrong or they spelled this wrong. Are you fucking kidding me? Do you know how much I'd have to pay for that size of an ad or that much time on the air? Are you kidding me? I would do that every fucking day. It's the trade-off. Well, I'm not doing that because, like, that's, I don't have time for that. Yeah, I know. Netflix gets in the way. I don't have time for that. I'm not sucking up to somebody and Well, then you don't want it bad enough. I don't give a shit what I have to do. I need those skills. For the next level, I need those skills. The number of people that tell me, or even worse worse than that, that hint that I should come and set up a school in their town because, you know, it's not possible for me to come to you. It's just too far. It is fucking possible. I fly halfway around the goddamn planet. Closest my teacher's ever been to me is nine hours driving one way. I know how old I sound. Suck it up. Right? It's not possible. Yes, it's possible. Just not willing to do it. But you want the benefit, not you, because you guys are all enlightened. Right? This person wants the benefits without the work. And we know what kind of quality fuel do we get at drive up windows. But that's what they want. I had a guy one time that wanted me to come to Portland, Oregon. I let James is nodding, see? Right? You remember this, right? Yeah. And he wanted me to do it for what? Free. Yep. Right? He wanted me to come to Portland, Oregon and not set up a dojo. I was supposed to teach him in his apartment, not live there, which means I had to frickin what, rent a hotel, set up a house, whatever, up, just move and the kind of shit that people want explains exactly when they tell me how they want this relationship to go, tells me exactly how they make decisions about everything. The people that are the, have become the best students I've ever had, I pushed them away. Not really pushed them away. I told them, look, these are the standards. This is what's required. They went away. Some were disappointed. Some were pissed off or whatever. But when they came back, they're like, Hey, look at all these changes I made. I can now afford classes. I can now, I've got time in my schedule. I even have a freaking new relationship. It's awesome and everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making me have to do this. Because it didn't just allow me to get training now. I can change everything about my life. Well, of course it did. Because your perspective on your perspective didn't just change about training. Your perspective changed. And it affected everything. But they couldn't see that because the average human being compartmentalizes their life, compartmentalizes their thinking. And doesn't see how everything affects everything else. I know. I was there. Not in their life. In my own. Anyway. All right. What else we got, James? Anything else?
1: No, that was it.
0: Come on. Victor, Dave. These guys have something. No? All right. Well, thanks everybody for the, for the powerful kuji juju, right? The system stayed up this time. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's all good. Uh, I appreciate, appreciate everyone that's on, that has, uh, you know, been on, uh, whether you're on live with us or you're following through the different podcast, um uh, uh, platforms. I mean, we're all over the place. We should hear pretty soon, right? About, uh, we're on Pandora. What was the other one? Um,
1: XM radio. XM radio.
0: Yeah. That, that should be coming up here early next year,
1: right? It should.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Cause Pandora is owned by XM radio. Yes. When we made that cross over to that, right? Spotify, Pandora. I mean, we're on literally hundreds of different podcast directories, but we're definitely on the bigger ones. The only one I think, the only one that I have as a, as a goal right now that would top Pandora is we hit XM radio. That'll be fucking. Amazing <laughs> 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 Then we'll have even more people that you know want want me to do everything for free, and they don't have to do anything. So anyway, uh, I think that's it. We good? So one last reminder. Monday the twenty seventh is when we officially kick off the lessons for um, the realm of the uh, tactical warrior which is mod two in our full program. You don't have to be going through the full program or anything like that. Uh, long range defensive angling. Uh, James, can you put up the, the well, if you're getting, if you're on the email list, if you're not an email list, I don't know why the hell not, but, um, or how you even found this, but if you're on uh, YouTube, I'll drop that in the comments. Uh, there is, if you, if you're on my YouTube channel in the community section, I make these regular posts and there is a post to the, Uh, information page for getting enrolled in that program right now you can save 200 bucks uh, if you get in uh, now and I threw in two of our other bigger programs Uh, those programs are like $300 a piece they're in as fast action details they go away um, Monday morning Monday the 27th they go away Uh, there's a bunch of other uh, bonuses that are in there I think it's uh, it's valued at like over 7200 bucks and right now you can get it for 397 or a couple of Four payments or something like that, uh, but it's a 16-week accelerated program. If you were doing that program in my dojo, it would take you at least six months to go through. So uh, it's very, very sped up, and the uh, amount of lessons have been expanded on easily digestible small pieces. Uh, what we have in mod one when we did foundations, he kept laughing at me the whole time, or well, not laughing at me, but like he said, I put more in mod one. Than most people have in their whole friggin' black belt program. It's 150 over 150 lessons, 160 lessons, something like that is over that. Yeah. 55, 55, 54, something like that. Techniques and variations, that. 60 couple of uh, skills, drills, that kind of thing. And then there's another 60 couple of personal development lessons, strategic thinking, all that kind of stuff. Same things going to go into mod too. So anyway, um, I think that's it. And then uh, Dicomio Size coming up after the Christmas break. So January 5th, 6th, and 7th, there's a virtual version of that as, of that as well. So, um, and, you know, just hold out long enough, and I'll just, you know, sell you the videos to them, and that'll be the easiest for people. They won't even have to carve time out of their life, right? Mm-hmm. Buy the videos, then, you know, I'll get around to watching them. You know how that works. So, um Anyway. Uh, that t- 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 onlineninjaacademy.com slash events for Dikomio Sai. Did you already drop the the link to the information page in, uh, yes. in the chat? Okay. And then I'm like I said, I'm I'm splitting up the free uh, workshop, the online workshop that I did last Wednesday, because so, I know I mean it, it turned out to be a two-hour uh, training event, and I I went into explaining what's in the mod two thing in a very cursory way. Um, a lot of people thought I was just way too nonchalant. Do you want people enroll in this? Yeah, I know, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a used car salesman and I'm not, I'm not freaking sucking up to them. You know, they either want to train or they don't. So, um, but I'm breaking that up. So, uh, tomorrow sometime, um, emails will go out and social posting and all that. They'll be in smaller, the, the whole thing will spread out across, I think, four. Uh, smaller chunks for those who need the time. I know holiday is coming up. Uh, that reminds me just one last little thing. Anybody that's listening in that is in the uh, first seven steps on the path of a Buddha program that we're doing. Uh, remember this is a holiday weekend for us here in the U S so no class on Thursday. Right. So that should, those classes have been two and a half to sometimes over three hours long. So uh, that should give folks some time to uh, catch up do some extra review, those kind of things, uh, because we're diving into karma much, much deeper uh, as we go into step five. So cool stuff. All right. I think that's it. We good? Nothing else? No last minute?
1: Uh, Dave just said thank you again, and Victor said he doesn't have anything, but thank you.
0: All right. Very nice. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We'll see you next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.